Oh my God, I'm feeling this champagne. Getting champagne drunk is something else. Me too. Champagne drunk is like, hello. <laughs> okay. Hello, and welcome to Spooky Sips, where we put our love of horror movies into a podcast and sip on some spirits along the way. I'm one of your hosts, Yvette, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Laura and Brianna. Hello. Hey. Well, first start off wishing you a very Merry Christmas, because if you're listening to this, it's the Christmas season and it will be almost Christmas time. So Merry Christmas, listeners. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We thought we would get in this season and combine two of our favorite things, Christmas and a good old slasher film. Mm -hmm. So we just watched the 2016 Better Watch Out. This movie is about Ashley, who goes to the home of the people that she's babysat for quite some time. She's babysitting their 12-year-old son, Luke. And while they're there, some spooky things start to happen. What we think is a home invader goes awry, and Ashley and Luke are at a battle to fight through the night. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, and can I just say, quick disclaimer, I absolutely love this movie. Yes. Me too. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, I will actually say pause the podcast and go watch it. Don't look up anything. Don't watch a trailer. Yes. No. Don't read any more descriptions, reviews, anything. Pause right now. Go watch it and then come back. And that will be our warning because I, we will definitely have spoilers coming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but this is a great movie. And especially this time of year, if you are an all a horror movie fan or just enjoy a good slasher film, go and watch this movie because or a Christmas film it's or a good both. Christmas film. <laughs> yeah. Great Christmas I went, time. I went in with such low expectations and I genuinely really like this movie. Yes. Because I didn't know what to expect, but even just the opening credits with that classic Christmas font that it has. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love I it. I feel like it looks like the font from A Christmas Carol. Yes. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe I think that's the movie I'm thinking of. But yeah, it it looks very just classic and wholesome and um yes. then immediately goes into one kid ruining another kid's snowman and her calling him a butt fucker and (laughs) it it, it takes you right out of that wholesomeness real quick and i guess some we i feel like we usually like to talk about the first time you watched it but didn't we watch this together we did so we watched it last year i think yeah was it just last year Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah we all watched it together before we started the podcast but mm-hmm. had our spooky movie club it was just a spooky movie club movie that we yeah. watched yep back yep. in the good old days and I totally forget why we watched it do you do you guys remember yes because we wanted a Christmas horror movie yes and we had heard of like you know there's like the Krampus one yeah. but we were like eh what else could we do so we just looked up a list and That's this right. was on there. And I so think we it just had, stumbled. I think, I think it had pretty good reviews, right? It did. It yeah. did have good reviews. So yeah, That's we just right. kind of stumbled across it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it did not disappoint. No. No. <laughs> so okay. I guess we already kind of talked about the opening scene. Um, right. But yeah, should we just get into it? Yeah, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... It gets what I really thought was cool about this movie is that except for the opening scene, it all takes place in the house. So like Mm -hmm. 
the first couple of minutes is her going to the house, but within a minute or so we're in the house. And from that moment on, we stay there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which is, I know that's one thing that the director in an interview, he was really worried about that because he was worried that the movie would feel claustrophobic because it is like 90% of the movie you're in the house or within what, like 20 feet of the house. Yes. Uh, Like you're there the whole time. So he was really worried that they wouldn't be able to get like enough angles or enough variety where the movie would almost feel like boring because you're just staring at the same spot, but they were able to come up with like a really good layout. I think where it was a nice open concept. So they were, they really tried to make it. So every shot that they took, they had like another room in the background or something to make it feel a little bigger. And I I think they actually did a good job with it. I, while watching the movie, I didn't think it was too like claustrophobic or repetitive, even though it was all in one spot. I didn't get that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I never would have thought that until you're saying it right now. I thought, oh yeah, I guess it was all just in the house, but. um, And if anything, I actually think that like lends a hand to the feeling of the vibe of the movie. Like it Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. a claustrophobic feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's okay. Like, (laughs) yeah. So it is all in the house except for, okay. So we, we kind of talked about, you know, the first scene is outside of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically the there's a babysitter and she's driving she's basically driving to the house to go babysit mm-hmm. um and as she's driving like there's all these really it feels really wholesome and there's all these like carolers and it's just like this you know classic christmas vibe but then and this is a question i have for you both cuz i don't know that they ever answered this there's a ominous car following the babysitter yes I noticed that this and time. And then and then she gets to the house and eventually we're going to talk about what all happens and who the bad guys are. Um but I don't think they ever explained who was in the car following her. Did they? Well, something I picked up on this time was that like they made some comment during it that Jeremy they almost made it seem like Jeremy was obsessed with her or something. So I almost wonder if we're like supposed to think it's one of her boyfriends. One of her boyfriends. It could that's- have been. Okay, I will say, and maybe this is jumping ahead because I wonder if they're connected at all. And I could have just totally missed it. Who delivered the pizza? Yes. Where did that come from, too? Because that was one of my questions. Yes. Early on in the movie, a pizza delivery comes. And I had thought maybe this is my hypothesis. Okay. So the kid, Luke, is trying to build a scary night because we find out very early on he's the one that's setting this shit up. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to scare his babysitter. So I thought maybe he secretly ordered the pizza and pretended like he didn't to try to make the night seem scarier. That was my actual hypothesis. actual ordered pizza. Yeah. Like it was just a legitimate delivery that yeah. you just set up ahead of time. I could that's that. kind yeah. of what I was thinking, but it's a weird there's it's a weird plot hole. <laughs> it's a weird scene too. Like because I agree in the beginning, it definitely looks like someone's following her. And then the pizza delivery guy is not an average pizza delivery guy. Like he's really creepy. The way that they shoot it, like it makes him seem creepy it it, the way i feel like even the way that he kind of like looks down like i don't even know if we see his face ever i don't think so i couldn't tell who delivered it okay so maybe Mm -hmm. maybe it was like another ex stalker thing yeah Yeah, i don't know Mm -hmm. very weird all right so we might not get that answered but basically 
after that opening scene, um, it's just a kind of typical night of a babysitter coming to babysit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, maybe this is just the, you know, child psychologist background in me, but I swore I was like, why is this 14 year old kid getting a babysitter? Because I didn't look up about the movie and mm-hmm. I swear this kid looked way older than 12. I thought he's got to be at least 14. Yeah. I looked it up. The actor at the time playing it was, in fact, 14. Oh, oh interesting. He, he does have like, that perfect, like, voice mm-hmm. change. Yes. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little more believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes. So he, he is playing a 12-year-old. Um, but I was, I was very yeah. confused. Almost 13 in a few months. Okay. Yeah. In, in a few months. In a few months. So yeah, so it starts out like kind of average this this babysitter, you know, this beautiful young babysitter comes over um and the dad is a real creep. Yes, the dad is a creep. Like he's like, "Oh, you're so beautiful. Like don't ever that tell the babysitter weird. that she's beautiful." Yeah. Like just don't. L- listen, I was a nanny for 10 years, listeners. Never once would I have appreciated a father greeting me that way. So don't just don't don't do it. Okay. Yeah. And I think the movie tries to make it seem like like a regular witty banter. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. it's it's a little creepy. It's very (laughs) well. And I think let's talk about the parents. (laughs) Yeah. There's supposed to be this tension between the parents and it kind of lends a, a little bit to that. And so, yeah, the parents have some tension between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like they're, they're getting ready to go out and the wife, you know, there is very just um, kind of controlling of everything. Like no one can get anything on her white carpet mm-hmm. and she hates her husband's goofy tie. Um, and she just, she's like micromanaging every little thing. Um, yeah, like what time he goes to bed. What time he goes to and... bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she ends up mentioning to the babysitter, okay, well he's, you know, he sleepwalks. So she, um, puts, they, they do this trick where they like put a pencil on his doorknob, mm-hmm. um, so that they know if he leaves his room, but she's like, what he doesn't know do- won't hurt him. Why, why would you hide that? Like, the the purpose of doing the pencil thing is to find, you know, to find out if he ended up sleepwalking, but mm-hmm. they're deliberately lying to him about it and hiding it. And what's the point of that? Yeah. It's a weird dynamic where they almost treat him a lot younger than they he treat is. treat him like an like, eight-year-old. The, the opening scene when she walks into the house and he's on the top of the staircase, like cowering in the banister yes. like a toddler would. Mm-hmm. Like it was a weird scene where he's acting like this two-year-old. Yeah, he looked way not. younger in that scene for sure. Like when when they did that, he looked like a much much younger mm-hmm. kid. So there's definitely something going on. I feel yeah. like in a lot of times he he seemed like he was acting like, and they were treating him like about eight. Which yeah. which there's a lot of things that will end up getting to where he um. The movie's a lot like Home Alone. There's a lot of like yes, Home Alone yes. references. And Kevin McAllister, as we all know, was left Home Alone when he was eight. So I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe that's part of what they were trying to get at. Like they're making him 12, even though he was looked 14, but mm-hmm. he acted eight. It's very good. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. No, for sure. Um, so one, I guess just fun fact, since we're talking about the parents and they're kind of quick at the beginning of the movie. The scene where they have that dialogue about the ornaments. 
mm-hmm. um, at the very beginning. That was completely improvised. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So the two actors who played the parent, I mean, th- that was a huge get for this movie because um, the dad is played by uh, Patrick. Uh, oh my gosh, I've had too much champagne to pronounce this last. No, name. but they're made. They're Warburton, they're, Patrick yeah. Warburton from Seinfeld. And, well, see, and I I know him as like the voice of um the Family Guy guy um isn't he one of oh, the dudes yeah. in Family Guy I like think the so. the character that's in the wheelchair I think isn't he, he that is voice? oh is that him yeah I, I have think no that idea is him. I think so yeah. I'm pretty I mean, he's like, been in a yeah. lot of stuff. oh he's in so much yeah yeah and, and even with, she yeah same with the actress that played the mom um I have her name too Virginia Madsen I mean she I'm pretty sure she's been nominated for like an Emmy and Oscar oh like she is mm-hmm. this was a huge get for the movie and the parent characters weren't really like fully developed no it's Um, just a small yeah so when the two actors came in because they were so big like the director really gave them freedom to play around with it and make the characters their own like what they thought those parents would interact like and they just kind of came up with that on the spot nailed it (laughs) and they just went with it completely off script and made it into the movie (laughs) yeah they're dynamic i Mm -hmm. love their dynamic they were so funny yeah Mm -hmm. no i Mm -hmm. thought they were fun even though we only get them for the first well like five minutes of the movie (laughs) right right that's awesome um yeah so early on parents leave We've mm-hmm. got the weird thing with the pizza that we mentioned. And so like, and they're watching a horror movie. So like you, you get the vibe that like, there's some, there's some scary undertones mm-hmm. happening. Yes. Well, like even, even before I think maybe they start watching, or maybe it's right as they're starting to watch the movie. Um, You see like this giant spider. Which, can we counter? just take a second to say if they wanted to make it a little less obvious that this was filmed in Australia and not America, <laughs> they should have gotten smaller spiders. That spider they, was so big. There are no, nowhere in America would that be a normal spider in someone's house. Do we know not, what type of spider that was? Because it looked to me like I've never been to Australia, but it looked to me like, you know, when you see those pictures of a huntsman spider. Yes. It was yeah. like you know, size of your That's head. exactly what they were. They were huntsman spiders. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. But like, mm-hmm. okay. Come on. Like in Australia, that would be nothing. That's like child's play. But in America, that's a freaking tarantula. Yeah. I would have burnt down that house. Absolutely. <laughs> so well, they, I also, they missed the mark on that one and the doorknob thing. Th- that's what I was going to oh, say too. The doorknobs. Why are there doorknobs like above my head? I'm five, five. And I mm-hmm. feel like those doorknobs, I would have to reach up to reach them. Yeah, is that how so Australian doors I are? A, I have a funny fact on a, a fun fact on the doorknobs. Okay, mm-hmm. so on Reddit, the director responded to someone complaining about the doorknobs, and he basically was like, "Hey, so look, we did the first day of filming, and I didn't even notice the doorknobs until we had literally finished an entire day." like wrapped an entire day of filming. And then I noticed the doorknob. So we had to leave them in. So that was like the one, it's like his biggest pet peeve about the movie is that the doorknobs give it away that it was filmed in Australia. I know. I feel so bad for him because he does. He doesn't like that. He wanted it to be, I mean, it is the most American Australian movie, right? He wanted this to be an American movie. And it is so distracting. I yes. think when we all yeah. watched this the first time, I I feel like one of us pointed this out immediately. We did. We're like, what are those doorknobs? What <laughs> is wrong with notice? that doorknob? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are they so high? Now, the actress that plays the babysitter, um, 
I, is she also Australian? Cause I felt like that was the only other thing. So like, she's no Naomi Watts. I mean, she was, she did a great job, but mm-hmm. Naomi Watts, like she's Australian, but sounds American mm-hmm. when she tries right. to do an American accent. Yeah. This, this actress, I think she just has a little bit more to go. Cause I could, I could hear you could, the accent. Sometimes. You could hear that every once, every in, a while, once in a while. Like, I was, Oh, that's not an American yeah. accent right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all of the actors were Australian except for the two actors that played the parents. Oh, okay. everyone else was Australian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause yeah. I did not, I did not pick up on an accent from, um, any of the boys. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, especially when, um, Ashley in the movie, her real name is is Olivia. Oh my god, I looked this up. Dijong. <laughs> D- okay. D E J O N G E. Yeah, Dijong. Dijong. Olivia Dijong. I think especially when she would like scream or like yell, like especially when she was like yelling at Luke at one point in the movie, mm-hmm. she would, it, it would definitely slip kind of like in and out. You could hear a little bit of the Australian yeah. accent. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I love an Australian accent, but I, you could just tell that she was not American <laughs> for sure. <Right. laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, let's get back to, to the, to setting the, the scene where shit starts to get uncomfortable, at least yes. for me. Yeah. So the pizza has come and the the kids for all intents and purposes are sitting on the couch. Mm. No, I'm guessing that Ashley is probably 18 because she's going to move away. They say she's five years older. So if he's mm-hmm. 12, okay. she would only be 17. 17. Okay. Well, cause he's almost 13. So, okay, so maybe probably, let's say she's 18. She's probably, you know, yeah. but either way she's older and they're, they're sitting on the couch and we know that Luke has a crush on her, mm-hmm. right? And he decides to pop a bottle of champagne and sit, get put some moves on Ashley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like so I feel, I feel that she alternates between kind of belittling him and you know putting him down and treating him like a a child a baby like come oh buddy but Mm -hmm. then also sitting really close to him and Mm -hmm. almost almost like giving him these signals of of flirtation so she really she alternates between the two and um so in some ways I kind of get his confusion right but um really really inappropriate oh (laughs) yeah probably trying to just keep him happy and you know what I mean like not indulge him but just be like okay I don't want to totally embarrass him so Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame him Mm -hmm. like you know that's probably what she's thinking at one point she even says she even says if I were your age I would date you and it's just as a babysitter right it's a little weird careful Okay, so if the roles were reversed, if this was, was a male, male babysitter right. or a same-sex babysitter, a mm-hmm. male watching another male, a female watching another female, absolutely this would not, never fly. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that was a little that was a little weird because she definitely drew the line when he was like physical, like tried to kiss her or right. like you know put his hand on her lap and stuff. But there were there were a few mixed signals mm-hmm. in there for sure mm-hmm. 
Okay, so this is probably a good time to talk about what we're sipping on since we talked about what they're sipping on. So tonight, Yvette chose our drink. So Yvette, what are we sipping on? Yes. So because they're sipping on champagne in this movie, we figured we had to at least have some champagne tonight. Um, I was craving a cocktail. So in search of a champagne cocktail to get us into the Christmas spirit, um, I found a, it's called a strawberry champagne tequila fizz. Mm. It is so good. So you essentially just take some chopped strawberries, you throw some sugar on top, you let it sit for like five minutes, then you throw some tequila in there, and then you just kind of muddle it for a while, throw some ice, strain it, put some champagne in there, throw some jalapeno on top. It's it's not sweet because you use real strawberries. So you get like the freshness of the strawberries, but the spice of the jalapeno, it, it's really good. It reminded me a lot. I've had like a like a jalapeno beer before. And especially at the mm-hmm. end of the drink when the jalapeno has been sitting in there for a while, mm-hmm. it reminded me of that a lot. It's, yes. it's really good. I love a slightly spicy drink. I have to yes. say it's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I also love strawberries and champagne. Mm-hmm. So classic. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. A good Christmas cocktail. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing that I thought of when w- watching this is at first, so Luke opens up the bottle and mm-hmm. at first, is is her name Ashley? That's her yeah. Name? Okay. So at first, Ashley, the babysitter is, you know, all, no, Luke, you can't drink that. You can't do that. But then, um, so she takes it away from him. She like fake pours some down the sink, but then mm-hmm. at some point she just, le- she just gives up and is just, okay, go ahead drink the whole bottle. Here is what really bothers me is that I didn't know how to open a bottle of champagne until I was like 25 years old. Mm. What 12 year old knows how to open a bottle of champagne? I'm not buying it. it. Yes. (laughs) I think I had it down by 17. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. That's 12. That's the biggest plot hole of the movie is that this 12 year old could see what just pop a bottle of champagne you know what it is he and we'll we'll get to this pretty (laughs) soon he did a lot of research on this night and a lot of preparation he probably researched how to open the bottle i fully believe he practiced it yeah he did a full practice run of opening the champagne bottle Mm -hmm. yes okay so let's let's jump back into it we're gonna fast forward a little bit to when we some spooky stuff is happening. They're hearing noises, mm-hmm. the weird well, pizza delivery, right? I, I feel like, yeah. And and part of what made it feel so spooky is when they're, you know, watching the movie, they're getting kind of the night's kind of starting um, is it, it had, and we've talked a bit about how it gets, it gets to kind of an homage, I guess, to home alone, mm-hmm. but also scream because yeah. I, as they're watching the movie, the even just the shot um there's a shot from i think the outside backyard looking into the house with like the screened door um mm-hmm. as she's you know preparing to to watch the movie with Luke um and there's it it just feels it looks and feels like the screams movie and then um there's the old school phone that rings and she has to answer you know who is this so that like kind of sets up the okay this isn't just a wholesome mm-hmm. weird christmas movie it's now turning into this horror movie vibe. yeah 100 they definitely took from some of those classic horrors like i i feel like it reminded me of halloween a little bit too just because mm. of the babysitter 
you know, in clearly like a upper middle class American life. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of a lot of, yeah, they definitely Mm -hmm. pulled from a lot of those like classic horror movies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like when the pizza gets delivered, there's this creepy light up Santa. Yes. That that keeps just (laughs) popping up. Uh, Honestly, that was so comical, but so great that they just have this light up creepy Santa and he just pops up in all these rooms and she keeps screaming and it's just freaking her out. It was so good. Yeah, no, I agree. I I love the old school throwbacks Mm -hmm. throughout it. Yes. So yes, you're hearing, you're hearing like the the random noises throughout the house. And so they kind of go to investigate. And so basically we find out that one of the people that's outside is actually just his friend Garrett and he Mm -hmm. scares them and pops in, but then that's not all. We hear a window break Mm -hmm. and a brick comes through and then it, it, Garrett gets freaked out and runs outside and it looks like Garrett has died. Like gets shot is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And this is all, this part is all happening pretty fast. And on Mm -hmm. the brick, there's a message where it says you leave, you die. Yes. Yes. And Garrett leaves and he dies. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just Ashley and Luke. And we know by now we've seen the intruder in the house. Mm -hmm. It looks like they've got a big shotgun. So Ashley and Luke are trying to find their dad, his dad's gun mm-hmm. and hiding at the same time. And I will say, I think, and this is one of the things I appreciate about this movie. She does everything right. She mm-hmm. tries to yeah. call the cops first. Mm-hmm. She, when the, when, um, oh, and previous to this, um, Luke ends up, you know, kind of throwing her her phone but he clearly yeah. throws it into a fish tank so her cell phone doesn't work because mm-hmm. Lucas destroyed it she tries the landline that the person you know has in a she does all the right thing. Mm-hmm. it doesn't work that she then says okay let's go on the computer mm-hmm. um, and the the internet none of the internet works so i i like that she does all of the things i would have done and uh, her tires were slashed in her yes, car. She's like, okay, yes. let's just leave. Let's just go to the car. And no, they can't do that either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's really good because it's so often in horror movies, and I know we've talked about this before, they just do stupid shit. But in this nope. one, she does mm-hmm. all the things that, I mean, other than the weird, creepy flirtation with the minor. Right. Yeah. She does all the things I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a good time. Is there, what would you do at this point in the movie? There's an intruder in the house. You have a brick that says you leave, you die, no service, no car. What's your strategy here? When they were sneaking up the stairs and they see the intruder, I know that they think if you leave, you die, but you, you see the guy. If it had been me, I think that I would have run out of the front door. I would have taken the kid and been like, let's go and run out the front door to the neighbors. Cause all the houses are pretty close. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would have done what she did in, in trying to kind of hide and wait it out for a bit. I mean, I know she had mentioned, yeah, like yelling out to the neighbors, but I think I would have, I would have kind of tried to hide. Cause I think I would have been too scared to leave. Um, but that, I mean, she went, she tried to do that, but then Luke kept messing it up by not listening Mm -hmm. and then leaving and trying to antagonize the, 
you know, what would you have done of it? Oh, I 100% would have hidden. Okay. You don't know that it's just one person, right? And at this point you think one person has already died leaving. Mm -hmm. It's like someone was already waiting outside with a gun and shot one of the kids that you in theory were responsible for. Yeah. So I would have 100% tried to hide. I I think I would have done that. I would have hidden for a while and maybe try to figure out how many people there actually were and maybe scream. That'd be my strategy. Okay. Okay. So at this point, they're like hiding. But like Laura said, Luke is messing everything up. So finally, they're in Luke's bedroom and they're hiding in the closet. One of the toys makes a sound and they're about to be discovered. There's Mm -hmm. some good jump scares. Yes. Like Like when the toys make the sound. Yes. And right before that, the mask. Yes. Yes. That one really got me. The mask in the closet. They're hiding in the closet and then she's looking around and all of a sudden there's just this creepy mask. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's. That uh, one got me good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one got me for sure. The mask got me. That was good. And so finally something gives away. I think it's the way that he's standing and then the mask that he has on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I noticed it. Yeah, I think it's the mask, right? Yeah, I noticed it more this time. Um, they earlier in the scene, they kind of focused around um one of the rooms where there were some pictures mm-hmm. in frames. And in one of the picture frames, the parents are skiing, I think, and Luke is there with this very um obvious or distinct mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she realizes that the quote unquote intruder is wearing that same mask Mm -hmm. and she (laughs) realizes it's garrett luke's friend and she's like are you kidding Mm -hmm. and she busts out and just berates (laughs) both of them yes mercilessly i love that so much love the way she handles that and is like you two are so messed up i can't even handle this Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Like you guys were done. You're finished mm-hmm. calling your parents because yeah, yeah. she realizes that Luke has set this whole thing up to scare her. Mm-hmm. And she says something about what did you set up this whole elaborate thing just so that did you think if you did this, that it would scare me enough, you'd get to second base or yep. something mm-hmm. like that. And he basically yeah. is like, um, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and so she's about to go down the stairs. And this is the scene where the movie kind of flips the switch. Mm -hmm. And Luke just slaps the shit out of her, sending her down the staircase, tumbling. Mm -hmm. And cue the second scene of the movie. And this is kind of where we realize, oh, my God, Luke is the bad guy. Like, you already kind Mm -hmm. of have some feeling that he is to set this thing up but like once this moment happens we realize luke is not complete shift Mm -hmm. yeah i love it i love that you said it that way because i feel like it was two different movies yes it was the movie where um it was you know these these spooky intruders um you know babysitter trying to Mm -hmm. you know save the kids from it when really it was just the kids being you know shits um Mm -hmm. and then it's a completely different movie. I mean, it, they they transition it well, but then, yeah, the lights turn on and you realize what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, then it cuts it cuts to where she 
wakes <laughs> up, she comes to um, her, you know, her mascara is all um, uh, running down her face. She just looks awful. Um, Mm -hmm. You just see that she's kind of duct taped to a chair um, Mm -hmm. and you see Luke, the kid and his friend Garrett, and they're just getting high on Oxy and just goofing off, goofing off, having a good time. Yes. And then honestly, it just evolves from there. And I have to say, like, I have seen a lot of horror movies and a lot of psychological thrillers and a lot of messed up things. I mm-hmm. really have. This is one of like the most intense villains. Mm-hmm. Also upsetting. Like what of like watching this movie and especially the scenes that follow like were some of the most uncomfortable moments in horror film that I have had to bear witness to. Yeah, just like that truth or dare Okay, scene. let's talk about the truth or dare scene because there there's a lot and and you'll you know listeners you'll watch it but let's let's at least break down the truth or dare scene mm-hmm. for our listeners because whoo, baby so uncomfortable I I felt so I physically I was just just physically wanted to distance myself from yes. the TV yes because it just it feels like these I it's basically just these these young boys who mm-hmm. um are you know. 12 ish and they're just using this 17 18 year old woman as this piece of meat like that's yep. all they see her as is a kind of a sex toy basically yeah. um and they you know it's it's not a a full on you know ass- assault necessarily as in no, but it is an assault. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It is. No, but it's not. No, exactly. It's not like they fully cross that line, but they they do cross it because oh, they do. I mean, they they assault her. They yeah. kill her up. Um, but it's yeah, it's oh, it's just so upsetting. as the viewer mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to happen next. I think the way that they build this scene is what makes it so uncomfortable yes. is that we don't know how far they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. And like, just, we already get the vibe that this loop kid is unhinged. So we're yes. like, how far is this kid going to go? And thank God he only takes it as far as feeling her up, mm-hmm. which like we've said is a violation, but Awful. at least that's where the train mm-hmm. stops. But I only think it stopped because they got interrupted. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. I, I think, I honestly think they would have full on just, I mean, assault warning. Her. They would have mm-hmm. full on raped her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had, had they not got interrupted. Yeah. yeah. That's um, what that's we were supposed to assume. That's and I think, vibe. yeah, as the yeah. viewer, we're... Mm-hmm this is really where he is fully villainized. Mm -hmm. Like this is the scene where this kid is fully now our enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As the viewer. Yeah, definitely. Well, should we talk about how they get interrupted? Yes. Yeah. So basically, um, a, the ex-boyfriend that she's no, kind the of current, no the current boyfriend yeah the current boyfriend so he comes by with this beautiful bouquet of flowers mm-hmm. um and so there's it, did he just knock he just knocked on the door right yeah. yeah 
Um, and so he was not going away. Um, so Luke went to the door to basically say, you know, get out of here. She doesn't want to talk to you. She's mad at you. She's leaving you. And, um, Ricky was smart enough to say, okay, well just let me pass these flowers through for her. Yes. Um, through the door. So when he did that, then, you know, Luke is a stupid kid. I do like that. They made him very like, they made him very thoughtful and he planned a lot of things, but a child for a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. also then he made really his executive functioning is not developed yet. Yes. Um, he made some really dumb choices where mm-hmm. he's, you know, oh, okay, I'll open the door. And then, you know, Ricky barges through. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're playing this really loud. I have to say, I loved the music in this movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Christmas music. Put me so right they, in the spirit. It just, it was so good. And I think even maybe when Ricky was coming in, it wasn't specifically Christmas music, or maybe it was, but it wasn't it like was. the, the classic music you, you always think of. Um, yeah. But they're playing it super loud. Like it's just this nice, wholesome, yes. wonderful evening. Um, They're doing that so that Ricky can't hear Ashley's muffled screaming because she's got duct tape over her mouth in addition mm-hmm. to you know her arms and stuff um that's why they're having the music play so loud um, and poor ricky falls right into his trap yes <sighs> yes, oh. yes. yeah upstairs they have a a kerfuffle um what's his name luke ends up hitting ricky in the back of the head with a baseball bat mm-hmm. but then ricky's okay he kind of he comes up He's he grabs the baseball bat from him. And you're like, okay, this is where we're going to see Luke maybe come down, right? This is yeah. where maybe things are going to take a turn. Finally. But uh-oh, Garrett heard, ran upstairs with the gun, and he was able to stop him. And as he gets Ricky to go on his knees, we see Luke whack him in the side of the head or in the back yeah. of the head with the baseball bat again, knocking and him out. let's not forget the part where he puts a pencil through oh. his cheek. I will say there, the gore in this, even though mm-hmm. it was, it, it wasn't overdone. Like the mm-hmm. gore was not for a slasher movie. You know, I say that in air quotes was not yeah. overdone. The gore was good. It yeah. Was good. Mm-hmm. It throws in the cheek out. with a pencil. <laughs> And we've and we've talked about how there's there's these beautiful kind of just um homages, I guess, to these other movies. And that was very screw or um very Halloween. Yes. Um because we we recently talked about Halloween that the listeners know with the um sewing needle to the neck mm-hmm. yep. to the face. It felt very totally. much like that. Yeah, definitely that pencil to the cheek. So yes. he took he took poor Ricky down, and now they're both tied up to a chair and mm-hmm. out of luck mm-hmm. and and we get we get the feeling that really even though he's this evil little mastermind he's just trying to get himself out of the situation luke is like mm-hmm. he's just he, the whole time he's formulating how he can write this off and get himself out of this situation yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's how a lot of this like devolves and how it gets out of hand is that mm-hmm. he's like how can i get myself out of this situation yeah yeah um and i will say in the scene um another psa about your garbage disposal don't try to put an entire flower bouquet down your garbage disposal mm-hmm. it will 100 percent wreck it and yeah i will get a clog so. I would yes. think so. As he was yes. doing that, I just got so much anxiety. Like, just throw it in the trash. Throw it in a neighbor's trash can. Right. 
Why like, you put those down dude. the garbage? Empty composes. You don't need to. Yeah, I mean, it I know. Do it this frozen way. for a while. <laughs> but like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, I will say, I think it was during that scene that Luke had. I thought the the actor that played Luke did a phenomenal job. Oh yes. And I thought that he had one of the best evil laughs we've heard in a really long time. Yes. It was this mix of of childlike with just a that kind of adult evil or mature evil, I guess I'll say, yeah. um, vibe. It was a very good just evil laugh. That he yes. So it was very good. So I feel like a lot of times on our podcast, we talk about the deaths and the kills. So I feel like we should get into let's, that. Let's you know, get into I feel kill, like let's, let's get into the first kill. Yeah. So basically, Garrett and Luke are trying to get themselves out of this situation. Garrett gets high, which Luke freaks out about because he mm-hmm. thinks his mom is going to notice the smell. Oh, and it. that's what will give it away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, OK, well, now we got to get rid of Ricky. Like, this is it. We got to get rid of them. Yes. And this is the scene that, like, I literally still think about this. It's so good. Yeah. Sometimes I I physically guessed. Like, I was, like, hand to mouth. I just know what you're about to talk about. So it's the homage to Home Alone. He home aloned him. Where he home aloned him. (laughs) I just kind of appreciate the, um, the kid logic. You know, that they oh, threw yes. in the movie of he's clearly committing so many crimes. Yes. But because his friend is smoking pot and he That's... knows that the smell won't go away, his mom is going to be so mad. That is what throws him off. It makes more sense to kill someone. Yep. Yes. To murder someone and have a mm-hmm. dead body in your home mm-hmm. than the smell of marijuana. Mm hmm. And yeah. frame him for smoking. Yet, frame as him. a 12 slash 13 year old, I like remember that that probably would have also made sense. <laughs> right? No, it's it's kid logic and that's it, it why is. it works. Mm-hmm. It takes you in the mind of a 12 year old where for some reason that would make sense. <laughs> okay, so let's jump back. Okay, let's jump back so, just a second. Yeah. So before- the disgusting scene, because like we said, Ricky has been stabbed through the cheek with a pencil. Mm-hmm. And because they're getting high, Luke realizes, oh, well, we need there to be marijuana in Ricky's system. So they need him to smoke the joint. Mm-hmm. And this is where they make Ricky, they force him to smoke the joint. But because of the hole in his cheek, that's where the smoke comes out. And it is, mm-hmm. yeah, it reminded me of in Beetlejuice. When the one yes. character is the tracheotomy yes. hole, yes, the one that's goes. what it made me think of. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that that starts out like kind of the like you know he's dead at this point because they're mm-hmm. framing him for being high. They've yeah. got this, and and you can tell that that Luke has just fully let out his evil personality at this point because he is loving this he is Mm -hmm. so excited about the fact that ricky has smoke coming out of the side of his cheek he's like that is so cool like he Mm -hmm. doesn't care at all he thinks it's just amazing Mm -hmm. so fast forward to the scene where it's about to go down and he's gonna home alone this guy because him and garrett had had a debate of whether throwing a paint can down a flight of stairs like down a level of stairs 
whether that impact could kill someone mm-hmm. or knock them back if it would hurt them yeah. or like just push them back like you see Ugh. in the movie mm-hmm. well spoiler alert <laughs> listeners it kills the guy <laughs> and it oh. is one of those scenes where they don't show i love the way they handled the gore mm-hmm. they don't show the impact we just see the paint can explode and the yellow paint start to slide down. And then all of a sudden blood is mixed in with it. And we know mm-hmm. as the audience that this guy's face has just been. Yes. yes. It looks him- like ketchup <laughs> and mustard. And Ashley and Garrett's reaction too, I think is part of what sells it. Like oh, she yeah. looks amazing. Shocked. And like heartbroken, like she's about to cry, but is angry. It is no I think her that's part of what sells it. I think it, that's like her shining moment as an actress mm-hmm. is that scene right there. Oh, but it's so good. So um, do we want a fun fact? Yes. Yeah. About this. Um, so I, because, you know, Luke and Garrett have this debate about would it kill someone or would it knock them back? And then mm-hmm. in their real life experiment it clearly just i feel like just mushes the guy's face in oh yeah um so i did i did a a little uh google searching about this um and i watched this really kind of fun interview fun that was weird of me to say but this fun <laughs> interview of um these doctors and they talked about all of the um booby traps that Kevin McAllister does in home alone and what they would do to a real person mm-hmm. and they talk about the fact that um, a paint can, a full paint can from the the two-story height um, mm-hmm. that, you know, swinging into a person's face would absolutely knock out teeth, teeth possibly mm. um, a concave or uh, I can't, I can't yeah, think of the word, but basically go into your orbital socket. So you're basically your eyeballs would come out um, and lead to brain damage, death, Mm -hmm. disfigurement. Um, So, so doctors and scientists do agree with this movie that it would be, but not necessarily fatal, um, but definitely Mm. could be fatal and uh, for sure miserable. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. It seems like maybe they got it more accurate than Home Alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe in, in uh Kevin McAllister, maybe in Home Alone, he um was using mostly empty paint cans. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah, we can assume that. True. Yeah. I have paint cans either in way. My home. <laughs> horrifying. And they've they've all mostly been or partially been used. Like I don't have any full paint cans in my house. They're all like the leftovers from that's paint true. Cans. That makes sense, yeah. 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 Well, um, do you guys want to know how they shot this? Yes, the scene. Um, So the way that they did this is they shot it separately, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. So they shot basically the top half of Luke on top of the stairs, throwing the paint can over. And then there was just uh, no one basically downstairs while they shot that. (laughs) That's safe. safe. And then separately, they shot the bottom, which is Ricky in the chair and then Ashley and Garrett reacting to it because they don't actually show his no like, they don't show the impact so all you see is the uh, the paint and blood getting mixed up in the bottom so that's how they were able to shoot it they just did two shots and then kind of combined them together that. so brilliant movie magic 
And I've um, said it before, but less so is effective. more. The fact yeah, that so they don't show it is so much more effective mm-hmm. than if they had tried to do some sort of fake yeah. showing of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I so appreciate that they didn't. Yes. Um, and so the actor who played uh, Ricky, uh, Alex McKick, I think is his name. Um, he had He was there for the whole movie. So he spent days covered in paint because if you notice, he's in the background of a he ton is. of scenes. So he had to spend days covered in blood and not blood, sorry, paint, oh. um, just sitting there. In a room. Oh, my God. Oh my because gosh. he was in the background of so many scenes after that. That's true. They couldn't have just used like a fake body for that. No, no it had to be him. Yep, it had to be him. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> imagine oh brilliant (laughs) love it all right so now our next kill and i was that to me was the turn of the movie that was because it gets i'm trying to think it gets very fast after she like she so she somehow ends up then i think with the gun yeah because she had glass she got like a piece of glass and cut herself out just Mm -hmm. as this was happening yeah Mm-hmm. So, so she's she basically at this point is like you know what screw this i'm i'm gonna take matters into my own hands and she says to you know luke i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you mm-hmm. um and he's yeah. kind of calling her bluff saying you know no you won't you wouldn't yeah. do that um but then she does yeah, yeah, she fires does. The gun. She does fire the gun, not at him. I think she fires it up into the air. Yeah, yeah. To kind of basically show him, I'm not messing around. You need to let me go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realize the gun was never loaded. Of mm-hmm. course. And of course, he makes this very like kind of sweet childlike comment about, well, of course, my dad. You know, the the first thing about gun safety is you never keep the ammunition next to the gun or something right. like that. Yeah. Um. So you realize that this whole time that they've been mm-hmm. using this gun to intimidate her has been fake. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Ugh. Classic. Yes. So yeah, things move along very, very quickly after this. Yeah, like and she runs, she falls, she tries she to run, she tries to run out. Run. It doesn't work. They get, they bring her right back in. They tie her up again, and they tie her up very uh, cinematically in a bunch of Christmas lights. So she's Duct lit up like Christmas a, lights, baby. A little Christmas tree. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. And I at this point, that. his poor friend Garrett is is changed his tune and i think really wants mm-hmm. to help her out so he's like he's he's gonna he's gonna help her escape and he's being very sweet and tender to her mm-hmm. and just trying to help her okay so garrett is watch i think he's he's still like he's starting to um empathize he has he has a bit of empathy mm-hmm. Garrett does. so he's sitting there watching her you know as she's like taped up in the Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I think he's supposed to just be like, I don't know, guarding her. Right. Um, yeah. But as he's doing that, then the scene with Jeremy, oh, we get the ex-boyfriend right. coming in, which I have to say, I love Jeremy. I love the way he pulls up in his car, <laughs> pepping himself up. Oh, I absolutely. Yes. Okay. What were your guys' thoughts on Jeremy? Cause he was supposed to be unlikable. <laughs> Clearly, that's that's what that was the original intention was he was unlikable, this weird ex-boyfriend. I get it. 
I feel like he um, was a character on the Jersey Shore, was he not? Yes, it was very Jersey <laughs> he very Shore. Much seemed like a jabroni. Yes, a jabroni. Yes, um, but a sweet one. I thought, like, yeah, I I could see that he. I don't know. I I didn't I didn't find him unlikable at all. I yeah. loved him. Redeeming qualities. Yeah. Yeah. I loved his little, yeah, his little like pump up speech in the car where he's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We are good. As he's yes. drinking his beer and driving, you know, just like pumping himself up. I actually yeah. loved him. Yeah, yeah. I loved him too. So basically he's going to go and win her back, right? Mm-hmm. It's his, it's his Because thought. Luke called him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he gets to the house and I don't remember why he ended up in the backyard. Luke told him to go through the back. Luke told him to go through the Mm -hmm. backyard. Okay. Okay. So he's Mm -hmm. in the backyard and he's thinking he's going to go and, um, you know, hook up with Ashley and, uh, make, make up with her and, Mm -hmm. um, all of that. And so Luke comes and says, you know, she wants you to apologize first. Yes. And Jeremy's like, okay. And um, so just trying to, again, get inside the house. And Lou says, no, she needs you to write it down. Mm -hmm. So he hands Jeremy this um, paper. And I have to say, the very first time I watched this, I was not realizing what was going to happen from it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think, obviously the second time watching it back, it's a brilliant strategy on Luke's part. Yeah. um, I wasn't realizing it was going to go. Um, But so basically, yeah, Jeremy's writing this, I'm sorry note. Mm -hmm. And he's writing it basically (laughs) to frame himself in the suicide because Luke is, is setting this up to, to look like a suicide, which he does. Mm Mm-hmm. He gets him, you know, he's sitting on this little swing and Luke puts a noose around his neck and Jimmy's this contraption. A snowplow. Wasn't it a snowplow? Yeah, he like toes him. Yeah, Yeah, he like toes him and he ends up hanging himself to death. Mm -hmm. It's perfect because he has just made it look like he has killed Ricky inside and then killed himself. Murder, suicide. Yeah. yeah, no, it's perfect. Genius strategy, though. No, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay, so yes. So then cue to the inside scene where Garrett is helping Ashley trying to get her out. Like he's helping her. And at some point, I think like he gives her a kiss on, yeah, the, on the cheek. He does. And it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like he's just like, oh, Ashley, I'm so sorry. And Luke catches him right in that moment mm-hmm. and basically blows him out of the water with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And and the way that he reacts is brilliant. I loved like there's got to be th- this moment I love because he's so mad at Garrett for yes. making him do this. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's it's not that he was mad that that what he had done or mm-hmm. that Garrett no. was dead. He he threw a tantrum. Yes. Oh That's, yeah. I mean, he threw a tantrum. How dare you make me do this to you? Mm-hmm. It's your fault. Like it was just an absolute tantrum. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the actor nailed it. He nailed absolutely. It. Oh my gosh, this actor is amazing. The way that he completely loses it, like full tantrum, and you see him, like it's almost like he's about to cry, and then he just goes full 
no feeling yeah i was getting sick of them anyway horror movies never um get nominated for oscars because i know because this could be one i agree (laughs) i have to say luke's acting in this whoever Mm -hmm. this kid was Mm -hmm. was amazing yes it's brilliant absolutely nailed nailed that that scene specifically Mm -hmm. he for sure yeah so well done so well done Mm -hmm. so then we get very quickly into our last and final kill yep where luke and ashley are talking and luke is talking about how his mom used to rock him to sleep and doesn't anymore and ashley says i know why and it gets very quiet and he's like well why and she won't respond and he's like tell me ashley say something say anything and she won't Mm -hmm. He's like, yell at me, just yell at me. Something. Like, tell me I'm terrible or something. Yeah, and she won't. And that's when he goes behind her and slits her throat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's it. He has conducted the perfect murder-suicide where he got it to look like Jeremy came in and killed Luke Mm -hmm. and, or not Luke, but Ricky and Ashley and Garrett and then killed himself. I mean, it's the perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we see Fine. him clean up and go and like plant fingerprints. He, he has his cleaning gloves on. Everything's going according to plan. Everything perfect. And then he gets into his little jammies. His cute little Christmas jammies. Also, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention how much I loved his adorable Christmas sweater oh, I earlier. I did love his the, Christmas sweater. The sweater was good. His yes. adorable Christmas sweater mm-hmm. and then his adorable Christmas jammies. And then he goes up to his room as he tucks himself in bed, takes a sleeping pill and makes it look like he's just been asleep this whole whole time time Mm -hmm. and had no idea and cue to the parents coming home. And oh, my God, can you imagine? Oh, my God. This is the scene that you find coming home from a night night out. Yeah. But then we find out at the very end something else he did wrong. Something else he did wrong was Ashley wasn't dead. <laughs> and she flips him off as she's she getting into the him off because she is still alive and he is about to get caught. Mm-hmm. And I loved the kind of reverse feeling of home alone but also the exact same feeling of home alone yes. where mm-hmm. kevin is in the window and he's wholesomely exactly. waiting to yep. the old man who's reunited with his family so he so um luke is in the window looking out as you know ashley's being wheeled away in the ambulance and instead of it being that he's you know right finding these like peaceful feelings toward her He's watching her flipping him off, knowing he's about to get fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And it's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It is so brilliant. good. It's and so then do you watch the post credits? Oh, yes. I forgot. We can tell you. We'll just I tell you the post credits. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> okay. So after, after the credits, then we get back in to Luke's room, just like immediately after where he turns to his mom and says, mom, I'm worried about Ashley. We should go visit her in the hospital. <gasps> and that's it. Then yep. it cuts out. Oh my God. Yes. I, I need to keep, I need to remember. I, I no, if it's remember, a horror always movie, wait. You always, always wait. I know. Always just, wait. We just talked about it in our last I know. episode. Yeah. And I still forgot. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Thoughts on the ending. What did you think about them ending it in that way? I loved, loved the ending. I mm-hmm. love that they end because we are left 
as the audience to be like, okay, so is he going to get away with it? Is he going to go and be able to manage to kill her or is it going to be too late? I agree because I, I normally want the dark and twisty ending. I Mm -hmm. want, I want everyone to die. I want there to be no hope. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, that's what I generally prefer. (laughs) Yep. But because this one was mixed, like slasher horror mixed with, wholesome home alone christmas Mm -hmm. i i like that it left with this message of hope and yes yeah yeah the the good girl gets away i don't know i i liked it yeah no i was oh i was so happy that she seemed to have survived this because the movie I, you know, you see the whole movie and Luke just keeps getting away with it. Like one, he is smart, but on the other hand, he is just lucky that things keep working out in his favor. So like, I think they needed something for the audience where it isn't just that he just gets away with it at the end too. You know, I would have been so mad if she hadn't survived this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it. I, I loved it. Mm -hmm. All right. So now that we've talked plenty about our villain, our psycho. It's time for us to get into our psychoanalysis. Oh, God. With Dr. Lara. She's this not is... a real doctor, but they aren't real people. So it's okay. That's <laughs> true. So I here also... we are with our psychology analysis with Lara. Ladies, this is a tough ask this week. Um, there's a lot of psychos in this. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. Um, so, sure. yeah, let's see where to begin. I mean, I think um, you could just break down our our villain. I think let's start with him. Let's mm-hmm. so um our villain. I think that there's a lot going on with him. He's a he's an interesting um age because like I said, I felt like he was a little bit older, but he's actually only 12. So what the the dis- distinguishing between a childhood psychopathology and an adult psychopathology is kind of interesting because I feel like he's right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would have to say though, I mean, we talked in a previous episode about the Oedipus complex. Yes. But we only briefly alluded to it. So do either of you know much about the, the Oedipus complex or the history behind that? You know, in eighth grade, I probably could have told you, but that's been a while. So, I mean, it's it's like it's not really a thing right now, but basically it was where Oedipus was um, basically this dude who ended up killing his dad because he wanted Mm -hmm. to sleep with his mom. Yeah. Um, And I feel like we talked about this before that, um, you know, some characters have kind of had or alluded to this, but with all of the weird sexual atten- like tension between the adults and the kids in this movie, I feel like there's maybe some Oedipus stuff that they were referring to. Okay. Yes. Um, but as far as just a diagnosis for this kid, I mean, I think that he's definitely got conduct disorder where he basically just breaks rules. He has no empathy. Okay, so here's my psychoanalysis of Luke. We see some red flags right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, basically just with his lack of empathy, with his um, extreme sexual behaviors, I guess, toward an older woman. Um, 
And they even allude to, and we forgot to mention this earlier, but they talk about the fact that he killed his best friend's hamster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and basically animal cruelty. So I do, you know, a lot of um, evaluations of children and animal cruelty is one of the ones that if that has been marked as a, they do it on some of my um, checklists or evaluations I do, you've got to immediately follow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so basically, you know, if they've, if they've forced sex upon someone, Luke did, yeah, it, you know, sexual acts, if they, um, if they have killed or demonstrated cruelty to animals. So mm-hmm. Luke has got some major red flags. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically he's, he's got, he's got conduct disorder at this point easily for sure. But I think that that definitely could, um, develop into some more, um, I guess, severe kind of disorders into adulthood. But Mm -hmm. since I don't often work with adults, it's kind of hard because I feel like he could meet so many different things. He's definitely got personality disorders of, of some sort. Okay. Whether that could be, um, antisocial personality, histrionic, borderline personality disorder. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Cause he's, he needs a lot more of time. Science, but also, he needs more time needs to help. develop. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? There. Mm-hmm. I feel like another common theme of this movie um, was, and this is an uncomfortable thing to talk about, What it was pedophilic disorder. So basically, there are some pedophiles in this movie. We've got, first of all, the dad, who's showing some- a little creepy. Really creepy sexual innuendos toward the babysitter. I mean, she might be 18, but still. She might be. She might be. But when she was starting to babysit Luke, she definitely was not. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure, because he Mm -hmm. was eight. So that would have made her 14. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to victim blame because this has nothing to do with what Luke ended up doing towards Ashley. But also, when you think about it, the, the fact that she was 17 or 18 and he was 12 Mm -hmm. um even the slight flirt like not the slight flirtation the flirtation that she had with him i would date you if if you were older sitting next to him on the couch talking to him about sexual things Mm -hmm. yeah i mean lines it crosses lines for Mm -hmm. sure so um so there's some some messed up stuff going on obviously does not excuse any of the things that happened no yeah um, and I know in the past we've talked about, um, you know, some sleep disorders for, um, you know, night terrors. They also talked a lot about Luke, uh, sleep walking, mm-hmm. which is different oh, than night terrors. Although we found out that it was fake. He was lying. He faked yes. it because they were stealing money. Yes. From they were like mom? stealing money from his mom mm-hmm. and to get away with it he pretended to be sleepwalking mm-hmm. this kid is so manipulative mm-hmm. i know and here's the thing working with children i almost never say a kid is manipulative because even if they even if they are doing something it always serves a purpose right they're yeah. doing something to get a need met because it's the best way they le- they have learned how to meet it mm-hmm. no but this kid but this kid this oh, kid yeah. I he's got antisocial personality talk. disorders <laughs> up the wazoo like yes. he's got a lot of stuff going on yes yeah. agreed um i also have 
have to say, I have never in my life working with children or just as a, you know, in the field of psychology, heard Mm -hmm. of a fetus machine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was hoping we would talk about that. I love that. That's what they called it. Fetus machine. Love that. That's what he called it. I mean, (laughs) I think it's funny because it's just a sound machine. Right. But I love that his friend gives him such a hard time for it, but it's supposed to sound like a womb. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is weird. And the thing is, is, is it, that actually is a thing that, you know, in, as a fetus, you are able to hear things in the womb. So you, mm-hmm. you do, you can hear because fetuses, you know, they'll respond differently to the sound of their mom's voice, or even after they're born, they can yeah. tell the difference between their, um, you know, uh, people speaking in languages that are, um, around them as they've been in the womb versus languages that are not. Right. Um, spoken um, around their mom when they're in mm-hmm. the womb. So you definitely fetuses, they can hear, they can, yeah. you know, perceive that. But um, having a sound machine um, emulate the sound of a womb is pretty new to me. Yeah, pretty weird. He's Maybe a for weird a baby. Kid. Yeah, for a baby, I could understand, like a newborn. Yeah. No, no like that's just, the thing. Like there's, there's like, that's a real thing, right? Like, now, okay, does that fine. say more about Luke or his mom? Yes. Well, that's the other thing. So it's, it's not just Luke. So the mom is also, I mean, we already kind of talked about the fact that she's very controlling, you know, she's gets, mm-hmm. she gets white carpet. First of all, who gets white carpet? Nobody I mean, gets white carpet. Oh, our sweet grandma had white carpet. Though. Okay. But she was a grandmother. She didn't have babies and okay. children and a teenager. And they did treat Luke like he was a baby. Well, no, but she is a teenager. I mean, you yeah, know, you know, yes. um, but yeah, so she's very controlling, but also very just judgmental and withholding. At one point, mm-hmm. Luke is talking very about how all he wants Ashley to do is to yell at him, like mm-hmm. yell at me, tell me I'm stupid, or tell me I hate me, or you hate me, or something like that. And um, he just wants reaction, like he just wants some sort yeah. of a yep. reaction because at this point, any reaction is better than just this cold, distant attitude that this controlling yep. mom has had. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, this was absolutely not the mom's fault. Something's up with Luke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have to say that acting there. in this movie is so solid that like yes. it, when I say I love this movie, like I genuinely mean mm-hmm. this is a great movie. Yes. Like, mm-hmm genuinely great movie not just i'm not like saying that to be funny like yeah 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 and the actor who played luke i don't know if we said his name his name is levi miller the the actor he just he really was he absolutely nailed it and the director was really worried when he wrote the story i forget if i said this already he was really worried when he wrote the story that he wrote such a complex character for a 12, 13 year old. Like it, it really is. It's focused on this young kid and he's having a young kid play it. It's not like they had the actor may have been like one or two years older, but you know, but it's not like he was significantly older or anything. He was still, still a kid. Definitely in that age range. Um, so that's a lot of pressure to put on someone to play like such a complex character. And he nailed it. Like for me, nailed he kind it. of reminded me of if anyone's watched like Bates Motel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Freddie Highmore. He yes. he reminded me of him a lot. Wow. Oh, he, wow. he, 
Yeah. And really, if you think about it as a movie, it's focused on these two main characters. And then there's a couple of side characters. But really, we've just got these two main characters. Mm -hmm. If they hadn't have been such phenomenal actors, this would Mm -hmm. not have been the movie it was. Yeah. No. Yeah. At all. It had potential to be really bad. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they made it the movie that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing that was really cool about the um, director. Oh, my gosh. What is his name? It's Chris. It's Chris something. Um, I literally had it pulled up. We should uh, let me look it up. Chris, I don't want to forget his name. Chris. <laughs> oh my God. What is the name of this movie? Better watch. Chris. <laughs> the champagne is hidden. Champagne. Right now. <laughs> I love Chris champagne. Peckover. Uh, Chris just based Peckover? on a lot of like the interviews that I saw. Yeah. Chris Peckover. Hmm. He really gave the actors a lot of input. We talked about the parents where they were kind of like, given kind of like freedom to, you know, just kind of like banter and do what they think the parents would sound like. But I think part of what makes this movie so good is that he got all of the actors, like the child actors, he got their perspective. So mm-hmm. in talking to um, the actors who played Luke and Garrett, like, especially at the beginning, he wanted that to actually sound like a conversation that a bunch of 12, 13 year old boys would have. Yeah. And it kind of does like, it, it does. totally does. <laughs> They're talking about like home alone. Like it kind of like jumps back and forth. But, like it sounds like a real conversation. Yes. And you I feel like he actually like tapped into that mindset of being like a teenager. And it was the same with um Ashley, the main actress. She came up with a backstory for everything about her character. So oh. even like talking about the breakup, she was talking about how she would break up with someone because, oh. you know, she she would go to their house, for example, and like break up with them there because that way they wouldn't have to drive home after visiting her. And she came up with a whole backstory and the director absolutely loved it, ran with it and would even rewrite parts of the script to make it sound like them. And I think that's, that's part amazing. of what makes it so good is he really mm-hmm. gets that perspective and that they seem like real teenagers not fake hollywood teenagers yes yeah totally. it's not an adult perception of a teenager it's a teenager's mm-hmm. perception of a teenager exactly mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah oh so good yes i feel like we do need to talk more about garrett though because he was a real character i mean not yeah. for, just in general i loved Sweet Garrett. He was a very multifaceted character. Yeah. So originally, Garrett was not in the script. That <gasps> character did not exist. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can't imagine the movie without I him. I can't see it. And I no. completely agree. I think that was really smart to add another character to give the. He was supposed to be kind of like, you know, the audience represented in the movie. Yeah. Kind of like the a slight moral compass. I'm so happy that they added him because I thought he was really good. Um, one thing that the director talked about and like, they didn't dive into it in the movie as much as I think he originally wanted, but the director wanted Garrett to kind of represent his childhood. And in his eyes, he saw Garrett as like an actual average 12, 13 year old. In his mind, Garrett came from probably a lower socioeconomic class than Luke, which you can kind of see from his clothes. They tried to dress him down. And, you know, the idea that, like, they would never really go hang out at Garrett's house. They always hang out at Luke's house. Mm -hmm. And because of that, really just because of him being wealthier, Garrett kind of looks up to him. Mm -hmm. 
And that's where that that kind of comes from. And I I really loved that. I think they did a really good job at making Garrett really relatable. They did. And like a real character. Yes. Yeah. And you can see that Luke has the power. And mm-hmm. I that's just a statement for kind of messed up society right now. But oh, yeah. yeah, with the with the money comes the power. Yes. Um, and that really Garrett had a lot to offer. Like he was funny. He had a good time. He was, you know, a sweet kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Luke had all the power, Garrett always just deferred to him. Yeah. He was able to manipulate him. Yeah. Get him to do what he wanted. And, Definitely. you know, I think it was that like Garrett probably didn't have too many friends. You could assume. Yeah. I don't know. I actually, I loved Garrett's character. No, but they did such a good job of making all of the characters multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Like each character had many sides to them. It mm-hmm. wasn't these flat, unbelievable oh, yeah. character storylines that you wouldn't buy into. You bought into every character story. Yeah. And I like what a feat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know we keep talking about it, but he, he nailed it too. All of the acting yes. really oh, yeah. was incredible in this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, well, should we get into a few fun facts real oh, quick? Oh, any that we haven't covered. Facts. Um Oh, okay. Wait, story time. I I told you guys about this that I was going to wait to talk about it on the podcast. I have been waiting all day. Story I have been time. waiting all day. I have been so <sighs> just excited for this. Ladies, I went. I went on a on a dive <laughs> while I was looking up the movie. Um, from a couple of comments here and there, I saw multiple references to a documentary about the making of this movie. <gasps> Perfect, right? We want yes. fun facts. I need to find the, the making of this movie. I try looking it up, nothing. Like, like it, there's just nothing on the internet. I keep diving and finally I find it. It's on IMDb. It's called Red Christmas, The Making of Better Watch Out. It has one review, but it's on IMDb. So it must be real, right? Yes. It has to exist somewhere out there. I dive in. Reddit has nothing for me. I finally get to the forums. Someone who was clearly in my position was like, where do I find this movie? I know what it's called. I know it exists. One person responded on this forum and said, it's a bonus on the Blu-ray. I said, okay, I'll take their word for it. I'm going to go get the Blu-ray. So I look it up. They don't sell that. <laughs> because, oh no! You know that's not an option. I, in my mind, I was like, I I think I've seen a DVD at Target. Maybe yes. they carry it. They don't. Is, is Redbox still a thing? I <laughs> I don't think it's on Redbox right now. No. Um, and all the eBay options were really expensive. One, it couldn't get here in time. But second, it was like forty five dollars. Oh, you know, who does that? Get out of here. Um, Okay, lucky for me, I actually knew exactly who to call because <laughs> here in Portland, we have a place called Movie Madness, and it's like a DVD rental place that is like actually kind of big here. They have like 80,000, you know, oh my gosh, DVDs, like VHS is whatever. So I gave them a call and I just said, hey, like I'm looking for Better Watch Out in Blu-ray. Do you have it? They said, yeah, we'll hold it for you. Come on in. So I went to Movie Madness. I got a membership. I paid $3 for a three-day rental. And it was in the bonus. Making Better Watch Out. Oh, my god! This is the best rabbit hole I have heard of in a long time. I love that you went to a physical store. Like a blockbuster. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, I don't own a DVD player. For some reason, that didn't cross my mind (laughs) until later. 
But luckily, Matt has a PlayStation and that can play Blu-ray. To- I don't know how to operate a PlayStation. Matt was at work. Was- <laughs> this is amazing. Are you like texting and calling Matt at work? Like, Matthew, this is stuff into the PlayStation. I was like playing. I was pressing the PlayStation button on the remote. I was like, just turn on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is incredible. So, oh did, did so what did you learn? So I you found it, it, and that's where work? most of my fun facts come oh, from. Yeah, so it's like a 50-minute bonus documentary that they added to the Blu-ray. That. I okay. need to watch it. Was it good? Yeah, it was great. They just have, like, behind the scenes and, like, interviews, and that's where most of the fun facts that I've already mentioned. Like, All right, so listeners, if from. you can, go get the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's really easy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So do you have any more fun facts for us? Um, Okay. Yes. I still have some for you guys. So the original name of this movie was Safe Neighborhood. What? I don't know. Oh, you know, they had that in the description, Mm -hmm. like something about it being a safe neighborhood. So that must've been like a kitsch that they were. And in the documentary, they still call it that. So they say like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, whatever from safe neighborhood. So they keep referring it to it. They realized that for distribution, that was not the best name and eventually decided to change it. Um, Luckily, someone pointed that out. That is like the funniest joke is that we all loved this movie. None of us can remember the name. No. No. And coming up with the podcast, we just kept referencing that Christmas movie. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know. Something about it. It's like I knew it was like a a Christmas lyric, but I just couldn't. Yep. Couldn't put my yeah. finger on it. Uh, um, okay, another fast uh, fun fact. Uh, originally, the movie was going to be shot in the U.S. They were set to go. They were going to shoot in South Carolina. The budget was half a million dollars. They were ready to go. But the director is half Australian, and someone let him know that there are some very nice tax incentives if you film there. So if you film in Australia, you're able to... I think at like 40% something like reduced from your taxes. It, it's like a really good tax incentive to Worth do it, it there. So they found a new producer who gave them like a significantly higher budget of $3 million. Nice. So that was uh, why it ended up moving to Australia. Nice. They filmed January, February, which is summer in Australia. So it was 85 degrees. Oh, weird. While they were filming this movie. That's right. Uh, so in order to do that, the whole thing was done in a studio. Uh, so they built the house in a studio. This wasn't done like outside or anything. They had fake snow, which was made with paper and gelatin. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there was only one uh, sound stage available where they were shooting and it was the biggest and the most expensive one. So their budget ended up taking a massive hit right at the beginning. So even though it was 85 degrees out, they could only afford two hours of AC. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's 85 degrees out. They have all this fake snow and all of the actors talk about this really weird feeling of it being like 80, 90 degrees, but you <laughs> see snow. So like your body says you should be cold because you're wearing a coat and <laughs> Oh, how odd. <laughs> no. That always makes me think of like, you know, those television specials where I guess that's not a thing anymore, but it used to be a thing where they mm. would have television specials where it would be like, oh, it's Christmas time. But you know that they were shot three months oh, before. Yeah. Like so in it was July. Definitely not. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh. Um, talking about the budget, one of the scenes I guess we didn't talk about was when Ashley and Luke are in the attic and she almost falls out <gasps> yes. and you get the spiders all over her face. Yes. So they were already behind on budget, behind on schedule. The director was really worried because the original plan was to have CGI spiders, but it was no. going to cost them a significant amount of money. No. So the actress but- came out and said... She absolutely hated spiders, but she said, if I can save the movie this much money, let's use real spiders. So those are real huntsman spiders on her face, and they had to do five takes. Oh, my gosh. What a goddess. Oh, right. So those are real huntsman spiders. I, no. (laughs) I couldn't. Absolutely not. I can do a lot, but I, I don't think I could do that. You know, right? it's, it's funny because I had actually written down how much I love I loved that scene because it made me think again of Home Alone, mm-hmm. where there's that scene where there's right. the spider and you know the the kid is like whacking it with a crowbar off the guy's chest, but mm-hmm. oh, or I guess right. the other criminal was whacking. Yeah, it, right. Oh so my god! Holy cow! Right. Wow. <laughs> I can't. That's that's it. Yeah. That's amazing. She is a she is a braver woman than I for yes. sure. Yeah. Uh, to quote the director, she has lady balls. Yes, because yes. she <laughs> crushed it. I don't think I could do that no. for for anyone. Even if I, I could save so. the movie, I don't are, know if I could do. Are it. huntsmen spiders? Are they? Can they harm humans? Or are they? No, I'm pretty sure they are venomous, but I'm sure know. they used some sort of safer spider some sort of animal like handling poisons or people something. i i'm i'm a you know in a movie they have to be safe so but they are gigantic which to me like oh. venomous or not that size of a they, spider on me yeah they are venomous but they're not super dangerous mm-hmm. so oh, just slightly venomous to your just a face. little yeah <laughs> no big deal just a little wow <laughs> wild oh, okay oh. and then Another one for the uh, Jeremy's death. Uh, so the director really wanted most of the hanging scenes that he had seen before. And I, I kind of agree with him on this one. You usually get the, you know, one shot, they're getting hanged. Second shot, you kind of hear like the neck or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, right. they've been hanged. He wanted it to be shot from multiple angles. He wanted <laughs> he it to did. be like, you're really seeing someone get hanged, like from every angle. Uh, but unfortunately, it was very challenging because the main actor, um, Dacre Montgomery, who you might recognize from uh, Stranger Things. Oh, um, I was had, wondering. Where yes. Was. Yes. Stranger Things. So he had to go shoot a movie like the next day. So his agent was like, he cannot get hurt. There is just Ooh. no way he can get hurt. He has to get on a plane and fly out. So they had to get really creative with their just camera angles and stuff because, I mean, the shots are zoomed into his face. It has to be him. You can't really yeah. have like a stunt double. Right. Um, so that was a little challenging, but they did some, you know, creative camera work oh, to make okay. it work. So he did have a stunt double, especially for like the dangling legs and like stuff like that, where it did mm-hmm. obviously have to be him. Right. Um, 
but that's how they did that. And I actually, I feel like that worked. That scene was so good. I'm happy that, that we did that, where you really scene. see it happen. Okay, well, I feel like that might be a good time to talk about the year, because this movie was 2016. <laughs> and from what we've heard, there's a lot happening that year. So let's dive in. I remember this, this year. I didn't like it. I didn't like this year. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. And that's probably why I didn't see this movie, because I had a lot of interpersonal shit happening this was the year that we stopped living together brianna right Which, wasn't it 2016 bad this sign. is what happened we, we broke yeah, the world it all started together. right there i apologize yep. oh sorry world yeah it was a year i was really trying to figure out if maybe like one of you guys wanted to do this but um i guess i'll follow through and <laughs> do what this time in history <laughs> So we should have talked about it ahead of time because then I would have looked it up. All <laughs> nope. I know is that there was um, a little bit of an election, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it was really small. Somehow it didn't I matter remember anywhere. that little um, thing of the um, world yeah. ending. Like mundane. Whatever. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll knock that out at the top. Donald Trump was elected president in <laughs> done, 2016. Done. done. Brexit happened. Oh, we'll go into that. Was that 2016? Yep. I thought that was later for some reason. Because yeah, I feel like that just happened. There were so many things that I didn't realize were in 2016. Oh my god. Uh, let's see. The, maybe the last political one. Uh, Obama was the first U.S. president to visit oh. Cuba since 1928. Oh, Obama. I that. Yeah. So that was kind of a big, a big deal. Okay. I think that's when he visited Utah too. He really saved that one till the end. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, that's fair. Like maybe know. in the eighth year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's, that's fine. We don't fair. judge you, Obama. Um, you don't. Beyonce you. Uh, released her sixth album, Lemonade. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was the silver lining of the year. Yeah. The top three grossing films in 2016 were Finding Dory, <laughs> which oh. I was really surprised about. Okay, uh, I never saw number- that one. <laughs> I didn't see it either, but apparently everyone else did. Mm. Uh, number two was Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Oh, okay, right. okay. And then number three was Captain America Civil War. Ugh, uh, that oh, was a big one for superheroes. Like, that's when we got, yeah, we got Captain America. We got I Batman like, yeah. versus Superman. We got Deadpool. We Superheroes got Suicide Squad. Over. They just decided this is what you want. Yeah, um, it was not yeah. what I wanted. So, yeah, that was a big year. Um, Hamilton, the musical. Became mm. big sensation. Oh, I still haven't seen it. I haven't I, seen it either. I don't know. <laughs> a field trip one day. Six years later, we're still not there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dang it. Um, Harambe happened in oh 2016. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Damn. Oh, <laughs> uh, kids, okay. if you don't know what we're talking about, go Google. Google it. We are talking about it. Pokemon <laughs> Go. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Did either of you play? Did either of you play Pokemon Go? Proudly never. (laughs) I did. I did play. I did play. No. That was such a wild time. Like people were doing such crazy because I was in college then. And I feel like that was the prime demographic. So like everyone was buying those like external batteries because their phones were dying so quick. People were driving so dangerously because if you drove slow enough, it thought you were walking. So people were driving like five miles an hour on State Street trying to convince the Pokemon Go that they were walking. 
I just have um, all the people in my life are the primary like demographics mm-hmm. for this because I'm just I I'm close with a lot of nerds. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a fun time. It brought everyone together it outside. Did. Yeah. Oh, on, I kind of loved it. I mean, oh, what a Pokemon year! Go. I, I think some of else. our family members still play Pokemon Go. I think they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did. What a year. Um, yeah. And then the last one that was the most shocking to everyone was that the Chicago Cubs actually won the World Series. Yay. Yay. Sports ball. <laughs> Yay, sports. <laughs> so those were those were a few of the a few All of the right. big ones. I do think we lost a few people that year, like a very famous people. I feel like that was when David Bowie died. Oh, that was yeah, when Prince that was died. A big year. Uh yeah. Gene Wilder. Um, you know, our favorite Gene. Wait, you mean Gene Hackman? Um, <laughs> Willy Wonka himself? Willy Wonka. No, that is... Wait. Yeah. Gene Wilder is... Gene Wilder, Wilder is... Laura, <laughs> Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka. Okay. <laughs> anyway, next week we'll be watching Gene Hackman's uh, most Gene popular movie. Hackman and Willy Wonka. They're the same person. No. 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 Hmm. All right. Oh, Jean. So here on Spooky <laughs> Sips, we do not give stars. We give sips. And I feel like I have a feeling I know what we're all going to give. But let's talk about how many sips we give this movie out of five sips. I'll go first. Here's how many I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four. This is a really high one for me. I feel like I save my three and a half plus for the ones I really love. And this is one that I really love. And I'm going to give it a four because it's got all the elements of a good horror movie and the mm-hmm. acting is so supreme. I've got to give it a four. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Uh, okay. Similar. I was thinking four and a half. Honestly, okay. I absolutely mm-hmm. love this movie. I loved it the second time. I remember loving it the first time we all watched it together. Nope. I don't think there's too much that I can take away from it. The acting was good. The story's pretty good. I felt so much anxiety watching this movie. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I think I'm going to go like right in the middle and give it a 4.25. Okay. Four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know what I love most about this movie is that it surprised me how much I loved it. Oh, yes. yes. I really, I said this before, I really went into it with low expectations and it just exceeded every one of them. And I just, I felt, I felt good watching it. It was like this, this mix of the spooky and mm-hmm. also the just sweet, wholesome Christmas vibe. Mm-hmm. And they found, yeah. they found a way to make those two work in one. And I feel like that's kind of the anomaly that is me. Like I'm like this weird mix of spooky and sweetness. And yes, I just feel are. like this movie gets it. This movie it does. gets mm-hmm. it. it does. Especially so- at the beginning, they nail the Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Like, I mean, we keep talking about home alone and stuff, but like this house could have been the next door neighbors of the house in home alone. Mm-hmm. Like yes. the, the, they the nailed McAllisters. the aesthetic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. They nailed that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. No, they did. <laughs> so good all right well listeners next time on spooky sips we've decided for christmas 
that we're going to give you a Christmas gift. Oh God, are we oh, ready? No, are we really doing Are we ready? That? We are. No, that's we... behind a paywall. Um, if our... <laughs> oh, should we set up our Patreon? <laughs> yes, we will be setting up our Patreon this Christmas. No one should hear that. <laughs> Very early on, we recorded a test episode where we drank way too much. And we watched Poltergeist. We thought a double feature was a good idea. If you thought we were drunk during seven, just you wait till the movie we watched after seven. So we've decided as a Christmas gift, we're going to give you that. It's going to oh. be five minutes long because that's the only <laughs> content just that we got. Just giggling. Spoiler alert, the first four and a half minutes of the episode are just us laughing. So <laughs> get ready. Love it. Okay. All right. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Spooky Sips. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, subscribe, and leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. To stay up to date on all the spooky things we're up to, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Spooky Sips underscore podcast. Thanks again for listening. See you in two weeks for a new episode.